Well, hello and welcome to Sunday Encore, where we have candid conversations about the practical applications of Sunday's message. Well, we're back for another episode of Sunday Encore, where we sit down to recall the truths of Sunday's message and consider some practical applications to our everyday lives. We are so excited to be here. If you are an avid listener of Sunday Encore, we'd love to encourage you to share or like or subscribe. Give us a five-star rating wherever you may listen, not just for us, but so that we can reach more people with the message of Jesus. As always, I am one of your hosts, Spencer, and across the table, I have Adam with me. Here we go, my friend. We are here for Sunday Encore Summer Playlist Week 3. Week 3. Week 3. And I have loved this series. The Psalms are obviously beautiful, and I love that we are being super um, intentional about the different kinds of Psalms that we're going through, kind of processing that this idea that Psalms is almost like this playlist that we have of different genres of different kinds that we can walk through as we week one talked about praise and Mm. last week talked about a lament. And this week we tackled Psalms of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which is awesome. Again, I think when we understand that Psalms are not just, you know, poetry for poetry's sake or songs for song's sake, but they're actually the expressions of worship, yeah. right? That they're as they experience and grow in, with God in their relationship with God or their understanding of God, they're having these expressions of worship, and they they all look a little different, and they they mirror the expressions that we go through in our life, and sometimes we forget that if we if we're not if we believe that we're not allowed to lament, mm. then we really can't praise. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we don't believe we can lament, then we really can't be thankful. And so I think all of them have their place. I don't think we hang out. I think we need a balance of all of them. It's sort of like, it's like you can't just have, you know, one thing on your plate. You need all of them there. It's such deep-rooted theology of who God is in those seasons of our lives and yeah. how he operates his character in those seasons and how what our response is to who he is. And like you are saying, like, he reveals himself to us and then our expression deepens right no matter what season playlist genre whatever you want to call it we're going through and the relationship side of him allows you to he wants you to bring your your burdens to him Mm -hmm. cast your cares on me yeah you know i care for you totally you know i think religion says you have to do and you have to abide by a certain set of guide rules and you're not allowed to ask questions you're not allowed to be honest and real where jesus like no we're not i'm I'm coming in relationship with you i want to hear from you i want to know what you're going through yes i i know already but I want to hear you say it. Like I yeah. want to hear you lean on me and depend on me, and uh, and I think that's something really special. I think that for me, just from a, the relational side of things, it allows me to so hey, I can I can be honest with God. Mm-hmm. Like He knows anyway, but He actually wants me to be honest with Him. I can cast all my cares on Him, and mm-hmm. I can give Him my worries, and I can pick up His peace, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't necessarily make the situation different, but it definitely gives me a sense of perspective that. Hey, I'm reminding myself who the character of God and the the sovereignty of God, the power of God. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I love it. I think this is a it's great so series. Good. And Psalms, man, we could we could, we get it. Psalms. We could spend 150 Sundays in Psalms. <laughs> yeah, they're just so rich, right? There's so much in there. So anyway, Psalms of praise, Psalms of lament, and then today Psalms of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And really, the kind of the the foundational line we kind of realize is that gratitude doesn't begin with our words. 
but actually begins with our heart, mm. right? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. And uh, Solomon, King Solomon tells us in Proverbs that we need to, above all else, guide our, guard our heart. Right? Yeah. We need to guard our heart because everything we do flows from that. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to be gracious and, and have gratitude and thanksgiving, we got to be careful what we're planting in our heart, right? Yeah. We've said this before, and uh, it's, you know, it, grumbling and complaining are like weeds that don't need any help growing in the garden of our heart. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. They they will grow on their own without any assistance from us. Yeah. You wake right? up in the morning, hello. It's there. It's planted. <laughs> it's already rooted. It's part of the ethos of our heart already, right? Yeah, yeah. The, and we got to like, you know, we got to work to take that stuff out. Totally. But if we want gratitude, like flowers and, and like, you know, like the nice parts of a garden. Yeah. Um. I was like, I don't know, what else do you plant? Flowers and bushes? Like, yeah, it's like so, bushes. It doesn't seem so nice. <laughs> Trees, <laughs> Trees, I guess. Plants, I don't know. If you want all those other things to grow, um, you got you to gotta, you gotta work for it. Yeah. You got to toil the soil. You got to pl- make sure you're watering it and feeding it and pruning it and caring for it and mm-hmm. making sure that the grumbling and the weeds don't choke out the goodness of yeah. God. And so I think that's like, you know, we got to guard our heart. That's why even David says, you know, search me, O God, in Psalm 139. Search me, know my heart, like know me, see if there's any anxious thoughts in me, see if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me into the way of everlasting. Like, mm. it's got to start with his heart, and that is a scary prayer. Yep. That's a dangerous prayer. Be ready. Be ready. When he when you ask him to search your heart, he's going to reveal things to you that maybe you don't want to see or deal with. And uh, I think if we want to really have a flourishing heart a flourishing garden of our heart where we are where gratitude becomes something that is produced regularly within us um, we have to do that we have to do the hard work and and the consistent work right because again those weeds are coming yeah whether you whether you pick them already once like they're coming back yeah it's the one thing but i hate about gardening yeah it's the constant i just picked you i just clean that up it's you know? a daily practice and even like practically as we transition to talk about like what it looks like to actually be grateful to set our heart up for that a, a really practical if we want to get real about things you could do is there's this prayer called the prayer of examine um, okay by saint ignatius of loyola uh, anyways it's this kind of like end of the day prayer every single day that you basically do that psalm 139 and examine your heart examine the best parts of your day examine where you stepped outside of christ's lordship mm-hmm. throughout the day uh, be grateful for the day and also repent for where you've stepped outside and yeah. it's this beautiful way it, like in ancient near east understanding the day kind of starts in the night mm. so it's kind of this premise if you have a bad sleep you're gonna have a bad day kind of thing right okay. which is true yeah <laughs> so saint ignatius kind of wrote at this prayer to walk through to actually kind of pray these things um and just set yourself up for the next day in a really right. good way which is a cool practice i don't Absolutely. do it every day but i do it try to do it frequently right well i'm in i'm trying to get into the habit of when i lay down in bed at night is to instead of worrying about tomorrow yeah count oh, the blessings of the day i love that so much like i'm trying to get in the habit of doing that not every day works like sometimes you're just exhausted you go to bed you, you as soon as your head hits the pill you're done but those nights where you're kind of i'm in bed but i'm not falling asleep yet and i just take a couple deep breaths mm-hmm. and i'm trying to get myself committed to counting the blessings of the day thankful mm-hmm. for the day versus worrying about the problems of tomorrow yeah and um and i and i think that again that's part of pulling out those weeds right mm-hmm. of just recognizing because not all the things that we can be thankful for are obvious 
No, sometimes you got to work for it. Sometimes right? days are just crappy. Sometimes days are just like ordinary or yeah. mundane or routine. Uh, totally. And nothing really felt special. Yeah. But just the fact that we had a day without drama <laughs> is something to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we have a bed to sleep in. I know mm-hmm. what that can be. You know, I know it feels a little bit like we're, you know, pushing on this the spiritual overtones. And we say, well, just be thankful for your bed or be thankful for a warm home or be thankful for food. But but do it. <laughs> but, to, but to not be thankful for those is to is to actually be disingenuous about the the the, the blessing that God has given you, and not to yeah. honor that. You know? Is our provision right? Everything we have. But uh, yeah, what does it look like just to you know to to protect that heart issue, right? So we talked about these like these locks potentially. You know, enter like Psalm one hundred tells us that we enter His gates with thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes there is these locks on the gate, though. You know that that harden our heart, and there are experiences that we've gone through. Yeah. You know, so we talked about discontentment, right? Yeah. Thinking about the things we don't have, and right. all the what oh, I wish we could have done that, and not being satisfied or find contentment in what God has already given you. Paul tells us, "These I've learned how to be content in all things. Mm-hmm. I've had want and I've had nothing. I've been in prison and shipwrecked, and and I've learned how to be content, and that's just abiding in Christ, right? Counting your blessings. Talking about disappointment. You know, we're all going to experience disappointments. We're all going to let people down. How do we counter disappointment? Well, we put our Faith in Christ alone, mm-hmm. like our we, dependence, our dependence on yeah. Christ alone. Like we lean on Him alone, the full weight. We don't put our dependence on other people to, that they're not meant to carry something that they're not. We don't put something on them that they're not meant to carry. Yeah, disillusionment. You know this idea that we've kind of we've foreshadow a picture of what our relationship with God is supposed to are going to look like, and then when God doesn't come through the way we hoped or thought or want Him to come through, we. Yeah. It shatters our disillusionment of who God is. That was wild, that image that you used. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to it, listen to it. Because I thought it was like mind-blowing profound. That idea of like, our, you use the analogy of marriage, right? Yeah, when you yeah. have these expectations going into marriage and you can either, what did you say? You can either tear up the person or tear up the image. Tear up the thing? picture or tear up the person, yeah. So you have a picture of what your marriage is going to look like. This is from a study of Dr. Howard Henrik from, he's a professor at the uh, Dallas Theology Seminary. I read this, and he's talking about how couples go into, they go into a marriage with a ideal picture of what it's going to look like. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're young and you're love, like your spouse is perfect, Yeah. Right? <laughs> Like it's perfect, and it's still the same way my wife looks at me. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure to be true. But the uh, you know, but all of a sudden, when you come to that moment, that realization <laughs> on week two, yeah, <laughs> day two, <laughs> on day two of your marriage, you either, you're lift and you find out your spouse isn't perfect. We and he says you have an option at that point. You either rip up the picture that you created, or you begin to rip up the person. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do think that applies to our faith. I think we bring that into our relationship with God. I think we come into faith in Christianity, and even the way that we, as a Western world, sell this prosperity gospel or this you know whatever we want, where we have this God relationship with a God is, and it's honestly we're picturing God more like a genie, in my opinion, when we talk like that. Yeah. Like this is what He's going to do for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, when it doesn't happen the way you thought, we either have an option where we we, are, we have a choice to either rip up our relationship with God. Right and or tear down God, or we have to reorient our picture. Yeah, I thought that was wild. Right, like mind blowing good, and it's important for us. And so I we think have that's like the root of deconstruction in the modern age of like just unmet expectations. Hundred percent in our narcissistic. And it, well, and it, comes, and it comes back to us because we're not preaching the true gospel. And so again, how do you how do you remedy that? How what how do you counter disillusionment? 
Well, you have to allow scripture to define the relationship. Very good. Like you have to allow scripture to define what God's relationship with us and what our relationship with God is like. You can't make that based on our opinion, our feelings, or what we hope or we want it to look like. Yeah. He's God. We are not. Yeah. Right? He loves us and invites us into relationship, mm-hmm. but he doesn't cease to become God. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, we have to do that. And the last one is this idea of dismissal or being overlooked. You know, a lot of us feel overlooked and forgotten. David felt like that when he was young. You know, he was going to, the king, uh, Samuel was coming to find the next king, and his dad overlooked him. Even mm-hmm. his dad didn't acknowledge him as a didn't potential even bring candidate. Him in. <laughs> he was all, he, don't worry about David. He's out in the fields. Look, he's not, he hasn't, he doesn't have kingship potential, but look at my other sons, you know. And so, you know, what do we do with that? How do we counter that? Well, we understand that God looks at our heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance like man mm-hmm. looks at, but he actually examines our heart. So, again, going back to the circle, how do we guard your heart? Yeah. You know, search my heart, make sure it's right with God. And so, again, gratitude starts with our, it doesn't begin with our words, but it begins with the heart. So, again, the, the words are the overflow of the heart. And so, really, we talk real practically that, you know, we want to we wanna thank God for who he is. That's mm-hmm. where it starts, right? When the revelation of who he is, I know Nick talked about that a little bit. When we get that revelation of God, yeah. we respond. That's praise is the response of that, right? And, th- and gratitude. Then we thank God for what he has done, right? The things that he has done. And and again, I think this is where we go counting our blessings and seeing the the great the, the 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 sovereignty of God in our life and all that He's led us through, and then we give thanks for uh, what He is going to do, what yeah. He's going to continue to do based on His character, based on His word, yeah, based on who He is, yeah. Um, it's not that we just thank God for what He's done, but our act of worship is forward thinking. Hey, God, you are going to fulfill your promise. You are going to come through. You are going to be true to what you said you're going to be. Yeah. And I think there, that kind of gratitude exercises our faith also too. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and so we talked about those three things, but here's the question I, I want for you. I want to ask you, what do you do to practically cultivate gratitude? I mean, we can say, be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Just be thankful, which is beautiful, and I and I think hey, there's part of it we just have the willpower, a little bit of gratitude, you know. It's like when you tell your kids when someone when you're when they're literally like say thank you, yeah, yeah, you know, say thank you. I yeah. think there's part of that. It's like hey, we got to just do it, you yeah. know. We don't feel it, we just do it because yeah, yeah. that's that's being obedient, that's being that's understanding the relationship. Just be just say thank you, yeah. But we also have to cultivate where we want to say thank you. Totally. Right where it actually is not something I'm being told to do, but it's something I feel led to do. I feel I just feel compelled to do because I've, I've of my awareness of who God is. Yeah. So what are you doing to cultivate gratitude in your heart, practically speaking? Mm. As, do you have a practice of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like I think as I personally, as I go through prayer in the morning, um, kind of my step process is I kind of recognize who God is. I start with praise in that way. Start with who God is. I think I just declare who God is, not even just in my life, but just his character, just his nature, that he's good, faithful, kind, he's righteous. Um, and I pray, pray through those things. Um, and then I, just to go through the process, I spend time recognizing my position in that relationship. Right. I submit myself to him. I find time being grateful for practical things to what i have to do i do that kind of prayer of examine thing search me know me mm-hmm. and then i just allow the holy spirit to lead me through the day that's kind of the prayer flow so gratitude is a big part of that especially in that first part i try to spend the vast majority of my time in that first portion right. just proclaiming who god is 
because if I thank him for who he is, my perspective changes, and right. that's why I have to start there. If I start with like my unrighteousness or my repentance, it's just going to be a depressing prayer. It's, a dark, it's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's just like not the way in which I believe Scripture. I think Psalm 100 is a great way, if you actually take time to read through it, of how to actually process through, and I believe it's Psalm 90 as well, how to actually process through times of praise and prayer. And it's that you start with, praise and thanksgiving of who God is first. Mm. And we've been designed in some spiritual way that I can't rationally explain to start there. And that's being the best place to start. Practically, as a family, this is a simple practice. We have young children. We always go, I think sometimes we say, what are you thankful for today? But like, what was your favorite part of today? Right. Every time before bed. Not so that they can talk about what they liked, Mm -hmm. but so that they can practice that being thankful for something. And even if we just had, like you said, a normal day, sometimes I actually have to like present my kids with things that we did or things that happened um, throughout the day because they can't think of something that wasn't like grandeur or exciting. 100%. You know what I mean? Spectacular. Yeah. But it's like, no, you can be thankful for this small thing, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Thankful for your family or your friends that you got to see today, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I pray with them, we pray through the things that we did throughout the day, thank them, thank God for the opportunities that we have. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes to like what we have and what God has done in our lives, I've gotten this perspective that a, he's given me everything I need for life and godliness Mm -hmm. and B that he himself is my provision, not what I have. So if I have him, I have everything. Right. So I don't really I'm thankful for what I have, but I don't find myself thanking God often for what I have because I just recognize that what I have is him. Right. And that if I have that, I'm good. Because if if Paul was in prison and he was good, then I could be good with what yeah, I've got. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. So I think recognizing that Christ himself, like himself the person, not what he's done for you or not what he given, has given you, but Christ himself the person is enough to be thankful for that right. he himself is the source and the provision. And I think that kind of is a huge perspective shift. Totally. And it doesn't make it hard to be thankful. No, but the, but you can't do that without a personal relationship. Totally. Like you can't get to that place without having a personal connection, a daily personal connection with God. Totally. You can't get that just by hearing somebody else tell their story about their relationship with God. No. Right? Because you can't get to that place of, my full dependence and trust is found fully in you and yeah. everything I have is from you and through you anyway. So I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Like until you have that, it's just you're trying to muster something that doesn't feel natural. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. Right. Not not so much anymore, but at first praying those kinds of things and having that perspective shift does feel a little bit forced. And it's like you said, like that me teaching my children to be thankful yeah, they're probably not all that grateful and emotionally. For the exciting things, they're, oh, thank you, Daddy, you got me this. Or thank yeah. you, Daddy, we got to go to... Yeah. Sure, that's great. But like, say thank you for me cutting the crust off your bread. You know yeah. what I mean? You punk. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I don't actually need you to be grateful, but I want you to develop that habitual attitude of being thankful. Totally. So that when you're an adult, you know to be thankful for 100%. what you have to be thankful yeah. for. Um, and it's kind of like that sometimes, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I don't think that's absent of spirituality, or it, not, it doesn't always have to feel right or good, but you just have to choose to be grateful sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. You never go wrong in being kind and yeah. being grateful. No, like, totally. You just 
there's you just can never go wrong with those things no you know um yeah i think about that too i think about for me I, i've been slowly i don't i'm not a regular do do this but when I was in my morning time too i this kind of i have to i have to start my day here yeah I'm getting i'm i'm trying to end my day i'm not i'm not in the discipline of doing that yet yeah i'm, I'm in the uh you know it's pretty rocky discipline but i'm pro- processing a little bit but the morning discipline is the same i i go through my scripture as i go through my time with god and and not every day but at least once a week i journal something mm-hmm. where i'm writing things down that i'm thankful for and gratitude yeah. and then more importantly what i'm doing is i'm going back and reading them yeah wow that's great i don't do that you know because I, like i can thank god in the moment but then sometimes i find myself where i'm going back and remembering even like pre-covid you know and things that were working beautiful. through then and actually reading through that I'm like, oh yeah god like how do i be thankful for today well i got i'm thankful for what god did yesterday or mm-hmm. two years ago and uh, and this is the first and being able to do that is it's amazing how much as that strengthens my spirit to yeah. understand that you no know, God is God is constantly working and providing it totally. you know and it may not be like you know he's providing a mountain but he's providing hill steps or steps along the way totally. and it's like that eventually looking back looking back brought you to the mountain 100% you know what i mean and so it's been working through that so that's been a really great thing and then learning how to be grateful for the hardship to understanding that yeah you know i can be thankful not just for the good things but be thankful for the hard things because the hard things god is developing in me for preparing for me for the next season absolutely and you know, we were talking just before we started this podcast. We were talking about that as far as the gym goes. And I'm not a gym rat. I don't. Like, I wish I. Should, I wish I need to go back. But when I used to go, yeah, yeah, regularly, um, you you kind of like you you would embrace the burn a little bit. You would embrace the pain. You actually looked forward to like the burnout because you knew that something was happening in your muscles when you're, um, and you kind of were grateful for it because you weren't just wasting time. But you knew you're developing something. Yeah. You're Especially getting, when you start to see results. Yeah, right? you're getting stronger. You you see how you're growing each time you're doing it. And and you kind of embrace it. You're thankful for it. And I think in life we're you know, we embracing the hardship, not in a self induced hardship maybe, but just the just just stuff that's not maybe not as easy, but we allows us to develop perseverance and pers- and character mm-hmm. and hope, you know, um, that helps us to lean into Christ and strengthen for yeah. the next season of our life. And so I mean, again, I I, don't, I think that can get taken out of context, but the, the the idea that there are hardships where we are counted as a joy that we get to suffer along with Christ, but also that through our suffering we are becoming strengthened and renewed, yeah, to prepare us for the next thing. And, totally. Uh, and so I think, and yeah. even eternally though, like, right? If we suffer with Him, we'll be glorified with Him. And I think of in Acts four or five when. Um, the main disciples are going to the synagogue anyways. They get captured. They get beat. All this crazy stuff happens. And they leave after getting whipped. Praising and, flogged, and glorifying God. Dancing and glorifying yeah. God that they would be considered worthy to suffer long with Christ. Huh? Yeah. What? Like. Yeah. Uh, where does that fit in our <laughs> current culture of uh, Christianity, right? Like of this idea of embracing if I'm If that stuff happens to me, then either... Uh, the devil's coming after me or something in my spiritual life. I've opened a door to sin or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. No, like these guys actually thanked God by dancing and rejoicing yeah. for being brutally beaten on behalf of Christ Jesus. Yeah. I want to know what that feels like. Yeah. Well, it starts a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. Like it does. One but- of my favorite scriptures in that very passage was when the the officials say that these men are unintelligent, but they recognize that they had been with Jesus. Been with Jesus, yeah. And from that, they actually, you know, got yeah. their flogging from there. But th- 
it started there. Mm. You know, it started of them being with Jesus, knowing Jesus. And, oh, man, we're back to the read your Bible, pray every day thing. Oh, man. If only you would read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. I know this is the first time you've ever heard this. But you you can find that kind of joy in every trial, in every test that God initiates, in every trial that maybe just life throws at you or the enemy desires for you to go through, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter because you can find joy, pure, mm. real, genuine, sincere joy yeah, in Christ in any one of those situations. Absolutely. This is what Paul tells the church in, in Coloss. He says, let the message of Christ dwell in you richly that you may teach and embonish one another with all wisdoms and psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in words or in deeds, do it all in the name of Jesus by giving thanks to God the Father mm. through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just think there is just something. We just do that. If we can develop gratitude in all that we do, whatever we do, in all that we do, yeah, giving thanks to God. And uh, I think that will that will make a difference, not just in us, but that will definitely make a difference in those who come in contact with us because they're going to see something that just doesn't seem natural. And that's what it looks like right. to live this overflowing life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. Well, thanks again for joining us for Sunday Encore. We pray this sparks Jesus-centered conversations in your home or small group as we continue to grow in an overflowing relationship with Jesus. 